Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty for Her. We're so glad to have you with us today. And you are in for a special treat. You get to hear from Wendy Eiler. She is somebody that I have actually been kind of stalking from afar, if I'm being honest. And when it came time to think about the direction I wanted to move Liberty into, um, we've been telling female founder stories for a long time trying to inspire and equip you guys to launch your own stories. And it became clear to me in following Wendy that I needed to add one other thing to this, and that was to include women who are launching over 40. There are not enough examples of us out there, and I want to tell more and more of those stories of women who are just starting things, nonprofits, blogs, Instagrams, podcasts, documentaries, authoring books, and of course, launching for-profit and nonprofit businesses. So this is as much a treat as uh, for me as it is for all of you. Wendy Eiler, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you. Thanks so much for having me, Netta. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm, uh, as you know, I take it very seriously and to heart when people invite me into their space. And uh, it truly means a lot to me. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can you tell... Um, those of us who might not yet know what goodbye crop top is, what what is it? Well, first of all, it's a metaphor. So yeah. don't take it too seriously. It's meant to be funny. Um, goodbye crop top insinuates, you know, what to let go of and what to hold on to as we enter into middle age. And I was 49 when I started Goodbye Crop Top uh, four years ago, almost to the day, November 16th. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, I noticed a chasm, a big hole out there, if you will. I mm-hmm. love style. I love writing. And I was looking for anything to inspire me as I was in my late 40s and entering my 50s. And I found nothing. Since then, the movement has grown and the voice is getting louder. But you know, when I entered into this, I, I was seeing either I can't dare look my age or be my age. So I'm going to try to look or be 30. And then I was seeing my life is over. I'm an empty nester. My husband's left me. I'm gaining weight from menopause and people, you know, women rather curling up in balls and sort of just throwing in the towel. Yeah. And I said, forget that. I am going to, I've always loved to write and I've always loved style. And literally had under my bed from the time I can remember in my teens, you know, Vogue and in style, these magazines next to my journals that were, you know, with copious notes and stories and writing. So I thought, why don't I combine those two passions and put a megaphone on and really scream that I believe 
midlife is our superpower and our yeah. greatest time. Yeah. Amen. So that's a little bit of the background, but. And it's when we talk about what the platform actually is, it's a blog. It is a, an Instagram feed and a podcast. Did I capture that? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> just, so, I, just so people I, know what we're talking God, about. I don't know. Like right now, I want to say, don't go to my website right now because it's not very current. And, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this whole thing by myself, right, yeah. currently. Well, I mean, I have a little podcast team. They're incredible. And, you know, a little team down in LA that does some other things, side gigs for me and things. But it's a lot of work, as you know. And I have changed the direction in my sales about 400 times to accommodate the pandemic and this and that and what's going on. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so to answer your question, um, I started out just telling my friend, you know, who's a very genius marketer and a longtime uh, colleague and friend. And I said, I'm just going to write for middle-aged women, write these essays. And I'm going to, yeah. she's like, great. Well, you have to have social media. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't want to have an Instagram. <laughs> you think people are just going to wake up in the morning and go, "Oh, I had a, I had this dream that this middle-aged woman was let writing for other middle." <laughs> let me Google her <laughs> and her and her name. It was so clear. Um, no, so I said, "Okay, you're right." So I launched this Instagram, which which is how I've, I found you, right? Which has really been my greatest vehicle, um, yeah. and it is the bane of my existence when it comes to my teenage daughters, but. I'm trying to use it in a very positive way and teach them the same thing. But, um, but it's, so I launched the Instagram and then, oh, I was working on a couple other projects when the pandemic hit and I thought it, they just were not feeling authentic and good at the time. And they were giving me a lot of anxiety and stress. So I'm like, I'm going to let those go and I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah. And a lot of people had said, you should have a podcast, you should have a podcast. So, so yes, right now, those are the, those are the, I would say, two things. My website needs a little bit of work right now when full on full disclosure. The Instagram, the podcast, and then I'm working on a very cool project, which I cannot talk about. Well, we will have you on the show again. We'll have you on the show again when you do that. It and just get, this one really gives me life and fire. Um, so I would love to come back and talk about that's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'd love to have you for that. So, and then we should tell our listeners too, even within the podcast, you pivoted. You had a longer form podcast and you just changed that. You changed the name to crop, which I love. So you cropped both the title and the length. They're, they're like five minutes long. And my hair at the same time. <laughs> I just got rid of a lot. Like I literally did. Yeah. So why that happened is I, one, I love interviewing people. And I, I was so fortunate to have these guests on that I did in my first season. I mean, I was just blown away at the people who were saying, yes, talk about imposter syndrome. I, I forged my way through, but um, a very, very, very uh, good friend and one of my favorite people on this planet passed away in May. Mm -hmm. And I had to shut everything down to be there for his wife and daughter, who his wife's also a 30 year friend anyway. And I canceled all my guests. I shut the whole thing down for the summer. I knew I needed to just take a beat. And, and I didn't know if I was going to come back because, yeah. as you know, this, to start with, this very uncharted world of podcasts suddenly had everybody had one. And everyone was vying for the same person to interview. And this and that. I thought, I just can't. Have, I can't do it, you know? And, and um, not can't. I, I'm choosing not to. I yeah. do not want to enter back into that. And yeah. 
I was sitting around with my husband by a campfire one night and I thought, you know what? I think I have a pretty good idea. Do you remember Nada Paul Harvey? Yeah, of course. And he had a three minute and 45 second radio spot, right? And I mm-hmm. thought, I'm going to do that. I'm going to come back with five minutes. Yeah. Totally inspirational. Screw the doomsday. That's every way for, everywhere yeah. for us. Yeah. And just come back on Monday mornings with five minutes. You can brush your teeth, read, the, you can do whatever. We'll probably not read the paper and listen, but you know, make your smoothie. And, and, and my husband said, you should call it cropped. And I said, well, this is done. Like I'm going to do this. And I have a genius writer and producer editor all in one that I work with. And I proposed it to her and she said, this is great. And so I just felt really good about it. And so cropped a midlife minute was born and for now I'm loving it. Uh, well, we're loving it. It's it's so nice because I feel like you're igniting conversation. There's sort of like these prompts in my day, like when I listen to them in my week, because I'm like, oh yeah, what is that for me? And even the fun ones, you know, and and I think I referenced in a DM to you, like side part, middle part one, but there, there are these interesting kind of dialogue starters for people who may or may not be considering those things. And it's a great way to get to know you a little bit more because we see you on Instagram, but it's actually great to hear you and to hear from thank you. Thank you. Um, well, so coming I'm, from you, thank I'm you. That it. means no, a lot. Nada. I'm loving it. So tell us, what was the sort of, you said that you were, what you saw was a, a, a disparity, a gap between people who were kind of saying about midlife, like you should look like this or kind of it's over. And one of the things that's interested me is why is this still the narrative when we're living longer and longer and longer and we're coming into many of us, I would say, especially Xers, Gen Xers, we're coming into ourselves actually later in life. I don't, have you read the, um, I think it's uh, Ada Calhoun book. You need to read that book. It's called um, Why We Can't Sleep. And it's a, a like a midlife crisis book. It's really about this bill of goods that Gen Xers have been, were sold. Like you can be, do anything, be anything. You can be superwoman. And then, oh no, you have to do everything in order to count and then burn out by 50. Like, and she's sort of helping us to rethink that narrative. And then I think where I am interested in playing, the sandbox I want to be in is, wait a minute, you've just amassed all this information about life, about what you want for yourself, about what's important, um, all this experience. This is really the time to move forward. So what prompted in you, like, I need to make, I need my voice to be heard. I need, or I want to be an advocate in this space or a person of influence in this space. You know, that's an interesting question. And I, I, I attribute it you know, the impetus of the real kick in the pants to do this to a couple of different things. One is I went on a hike with a very dear friend of mine, you know who you are, in Seattle. <laughs> and I was just just gushing about life and this and that. And let me tell you, mine hasn't been easy, okay? Like I, I made some hard choices and I'm but I'm like, I am I've never felt better. I'm gonna turn 50 soon and no 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 no. And we got back to the car and she looked at me and she said, you need to talk about this. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you need to, you need to be heard. Like, you know, you, 
I said, I said, what? It, well, like how? And that's when I kind of started thinking, like, how could I? Could I write? Could I start a blog? What could I do? And she said, I'm not kidding you. I don't feel that way all the time. Most of my friends don't feel that way. Yeah. We need to hear this, and you know, like, you know, she's like, you're the perfect person for the job. And I said, well, that's great. So that's how I kind of started thinking about it. And then I read Elizabeth. Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Yeah. yeah. Two times. I read it two times in like 10 minutes. I don't know. I just, I read that thing. And I, and because I, I don't know if you listened to my five minute podcast on imposter syndrome, but I have it, you know, I'm like, why me? I've always worked for someone else. I had a very long and successful and good career in advertising, but I've never, I've never had the courage to come on you know, to come out and do my own thing. Yeah. And so thank you, Liz Gilbert, because, you know, she said, put fear can be there, but put it in the back seat and tell it to shut up. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. fear is a good driver if you put it in its place. And those weren't her words exactly. But so I'd say between my, my girlfriend and I going on a hike and then that book and then having a partner, my husband behind me, who just basically gave me every bit of freedom and, you know, let me use our resource and not let me, but, you know, yeah. was more than generous with just, and, and just push me into it. So I think that's, that, that was, that, that was the trifecta. Yeah. And then leaning back on the, uh, and I liked style and I liked to write. And so this is how I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to enter into this space. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And style to me is very empowering. It's, it's yeah. your own and it's personal and it's your armor and it's your expression and it's, yeah. you know, and um, so I wanted to talk about that too, that don't do things because everyone else is doing them. Yeah. You do things for yourself. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's evident there's um, right now on your Instagram, there are several quotes that have come out from Sarah Jessica Parker and wow. Oh yeah, I'm I'm wow. a little bit fired up at the moment on my anti-anti yeah. anti aging rant, and you know, I I I know, and and the funny thing is, those quotes are what perform the very best. So other people are fired up and they're interested yeah. too. So I'll be sharing a lot more content in my podcast and other areas, in the one I can't talk about okay. about um, about my anti anti aging mission, and it infuriates me, and you know, it's the patriarchy. And it's preying on the weak, and it is um, it is not okay. Yeah, I'm a little fired up about that now. It's good. It's good. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's um, we're starting to see even in the cosmetic industry, we're starting to see people just starting shy away from that anti aging language. And I'm hoping, due to people like you and this particular quote that's running around, like that we can really start to understand what we have bought into, what we have been sold and to demand better. hundred percent. And yeah. I have a quote on there from a couple of times ago on my last one that I actually threw up and I, you know, it is, it is psychological manipulation. Yes. yes. The black background quote with the what? Yeah. Yeah. And don't buy into it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, like a friend said to me, you're losing cosmetic deals by the second. And I'm like, well, you can see that I don't do that many partnerships anyway. I've said no to 90% because yeah. it has to be something I would genuinely use or I use it every day or whatever. 
Um, and I, I, I set out very clear when I started this, that I was not going to be that person, you know, continually pushing brands down the throat. I mean, I have to make a living and now I'm at a point, I'm just at a point after four years where I'm making this a business. I've sort of done a lot of things out of the goodness of my heart, but that's another challenge for me is to turn the ship around and go, it's okay to make it a business, Wendy, you know, now that's okay. So, but I think I've built the trust and that's, I think now, you know, at least my hope is that I, you know, I have a, a nice little following and it's very authentic and engaged and, and these women trust me, which comes with a huge responsibility. So I'm going to, you know, sort of shift into making this business in a, in, in the most authentic manner that I possibly can. So that's interesting because one of the things that I have considered you in addition to being a writer and you see that in your blog, even though I know that well, that's getting updated. The website thing is hard for everybody right now because we're all spending so much time on on social and on other more engaged platforms. So that makes sense. But so you're you're doing that the writing. You're this you know anti anti age uh, advocate. You're a style maven, and this puts you right in the influencer camp. Mm-hmm. And yet you're not really acting like an influencer when it comes to monetizing. It's quite a large following, actually. It's not just a small little following. I know it's all relative, but how, what is that? What is it like to be an influencer who's like shying away from being an influencer? Well, I think that word has such bad connotations, right? Yeah. I, and it's just because of the way it's been, it was birthed and set yeah. up and the, you know, and so... Yeah. I mean, look, I know that I'm influencing women to buy things, whether it's a paid thing or not, you know, I mean, and I would say, you know, I probably need to get over the stigma of that word influencer, um, or need to start down on a mission to change what that means. But, um, but I would just say, I, okay, I'm an influencer, but I am one who takes the responsibility of that very, very seriously, very seriously. Yeah. There's integrity in that. It's not I'm just very thoughtful about what I put in my, you know, in my space. And I'm not, I'm like I said, I mean, hand on heart, I've said no to most everyone who's asked me for a paid sponsorship and I'm warranting some pretty good I bet. money now. So uh, anyway, but I need to, I need to figure this all out. But this is a little bit of a pivotal moment for me to turn this into business. But um, anyway, we're working on lots of wonderful things that will, you know, hopefully let me do good and do well. I think it's fair to say not every uh, endeavor is made for transaction, like for, for financial transaction. What you've built in four years will be the megaphone to a lot of other things that you do. And I think it's important for our audience to hear that. Yes, you will also be able to parlay this into a money-making endeavor, but at it's sort of now you get to call the shots versus I was doing this and growing with brands that I didn't really believe in along the way. And you'll get to sort of decide what are my core values? Who am I letting in and out of that space? How do I make it clear to the audience that has 
trusted me for the last four years? And what will this allow me to do? And I think for many who are listening, they're trying to figure out how do I merge this passion with this kind of money-making endeavor? And sometimes one thing needs to come before the other. It's not always, especially when it's something you're passionate about, it's not always something you can monetize right away. It's also different because I don't have a consumer product. Yeah. I'm me, right? So I'm, what what do I offer? Content, hopefully great content. And, and that's a little harder to strategize and monetize, but you know, I, I don't, you know, and I've had people say, well, when are you going to offer something? When are you going to sell something? I'm like, isn't there enough shit out there? Like, aren't, don't we have enough stuff out there? You know? And and one day I might, I've got a, I've got something in the back of my head, which I was actually going to start out of the gate with that, you know, that I'd like to produce in a very thoughtful way, but that's down the line. And you know what? I think the more people offering good and positive and uplifting content and, yeah. and, 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 and building a community yeah. in a, you know, in my case, in your case for women, so we don't yeah. feel alone, but we come together and hold hands and, and change this. change this narrative and understand that, hey, life is long, really. You know, I could could have another 50 years here. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And each one of those days is something to be thankful for, not something to wish away or to pine for something other than the day that we got to wake up into. And to show the younger generations of women, my my daughters, you know, that I I want this ship turned around by the time my 20 year old daughters here because, you know, and it, it's just, it, we can do it. Yeah. We can do it. It's our time. I feel it. Like yeah. I feel it erupting, you know? Yeah. When we launched the podcast, it was a little bit of a response to a newly elected president. We were very disheartened. <laughs> and so we just said, let's just launch. And we literally put the Instagram up that day. And I remember saying at the time, as difficult as it was, perhaps the furniture has been moved and we can see all the dust that was underneath. We can see everything that we took for granted. We thought that there had already been some of these changes and we realized that in fact there hadn't. The, the, that, the fact that this person could even be elected after so, so much had already come out was shocking. And this is not a This has nothing to do with anyone's politics. This has something to do with what we accept as a responsible human being or what we expect out of someone who should be respecting other people. And I think that that's maybe one of the silver linings of of a difficult four years. Yeah. Is that we're like, oh, we got to take this up ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned something interesting there because I, I, I lost expectation for everything a long, long time ago. Yeah. I just, it is a toxic way to live, expecting anything from anyone, especially political leaders. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like it, it's, I don't expect anything from anyone. And when, when beautiful things happen, I'm so pleasantly surprised and elated, you know? Yeah. How, how does that keep you, though, because you're such a positive, I experienced you as such a positive person. How does that not kind of bring you down to not I think have? It's, yeah, I think it's the opposite. Yeah. I Because I my only expectations are of myself. Um, 
I mean, look, I put dis- discipline in, in, into my children's lives and they have expectations and they need yeah. to make their grades and do their, you know, yeah. be, be good people first and foremost. But I don't, I don't have, I don't have expectations. I don't, and I don't look around me and I don't compare myself to anyone. I really genuinely don't. And, um, and that's a lifesaver. Yeah. It's a lifesaver when you yeah. turn inward instead of looking outward. Yes. yes. And that's set over said and overdone and all that, but it is so 100% accurate that I can't expect another person to make me happy or fulfill all my needs, or I can't expect, you know, my parents to be anyone but who they are. I can't expect, you know, I, and, you know, I have a, I have a small group of friends now who I love and cherish and I, I don't expect anything, but I know they're always there for me. Yeah. I don't have to expect anything because it's yeah. just unspoken, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that is how I stay positive. And I don't, you know, someone recently asked me to tell me about your competitors out there. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I know other middle-aged women, which by the way, I think the words middle-aged should be celebrated. I don't think those are bad words. And I don't look around because it, it's crippling. And had I, had I, if I came into this and I was looking around me all the time, you know, like what I, I would be crippled. I would not be able to do anything. So I put my head down. I trust what I'm doing. I trust my gut. I trust my heart. I trust my little team without expectations. I just trust. And, and that's how it works. And another thing you mentioned earlier that I think has been a lifesaver for me is, you know, I was also asked recently, do you think women can have it all? I'm mm. like, well, you know, to the point of your book, you just told me about, and I said, mm. you know, having it all has changed so drastically from, I mean, having it all, like you said, used to be, be the CEO. Cause you know, yeah. prove things, raise the children, out, make dinner or, or not even be there yeah. for the, you know, like yeah. Yeah. to have it all, you can't have anything. Yes. And, and now, you know, I just said, you know, they said, what, do you think women can have it all? And I, in that instant, I said, you know, you know, when I realized I had it all was when I realized how little I need. Oh, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. I'm like, I don't need that much. Yeah. I, and, and then you have it all because you just go, wait, I, you know, luckily knock wood again. I have my health. I've got my family. I've got, I, I'm, I mean, I have, I don't know. So well, it's interesting because you're making the argument for everything that I'm becoming more clear about, which is at this point in life, there's such perspective, there's such clarity about who we are. And we're always learning. It doesn't it doesn't end. And to be encouraging women to start something, again, I don't this is not to start a for-profit business necessarily, but just to start something to to move something forward. This is precisely when you have all the tools you need to do that. So to be rolling up in a ball and thinking that it's over is is a loss. It's a loss for oneself and it's a loss to the gifts that person has to share with the world. I truly truly believe that. And you know, although although there have been many 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 things in my life that could have put me down that downward spiral and I somehow just you know, 
survived it and came out. And I was just telling a friend, I was, when I was born, I didn't have a heartbeat. I came out black and they weren't sure they could resuscitate me. And they did. And I don't know if it started in that moment. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but I'm like, oh, that's no, that's okay. We'll go this way. Or we'll do this. And, and I'm also not someone to sit around and, and, you know, stay in something too long where I'm not happy. I really think people need to consider the company they're keeping and who they're hanging out with because this is everything because there's so many beautiful people in the world. Yeah. And so much richness and to so be much richness yeah, and so many people who share your same interests or visions or but the company you're keeping is, is really paramount to yeah. um, a good, happy life. And, and in your case, the company that you were keeping really prompted you or inspired you or motivated you to take this on and to give us this gift that we have today and the reason you and I are talking. Um, did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was that something that like, no. yeah, I'm going to be my own boss? No. no. <laughs> I mean, it always sounds good, right? Yeah. But yeah. no, I was that terrified person that liked having my health care and my salary and my job description and my that was very yeah. comfortable for me yeah this is way out of my comfort zone do you like it I love it I mean it's yeah. where I'm supposed to be I know I know Netta that this is my life's work mm. this is why I'm here I know it and at the risk of sounding vain or anything because I don't mean to sound like that but I know this is my duty and um, I'm not stopping. Don't stop. Please don't stop. And, yeah. and, I, and I just want to say f to you, because you're right in front of me, but to anybody listening, like none of that sounds vain. It all sounds like you've taken up the mantle and the responsibility and you know what you need to do next. Like, you know, you know that this is where you're supposed to be. It's a calling. It's a, you know, everybody has different terminology for it, but I love the ownership and the responsibility and the respect that comes with feeling that way. So I, I want you to say those things. I want our listeners to hear those things and turn inward to try and figure out what that is for them. What has launching Goodbye Crop Top taught you about yourself? Mm, about myself, a lot. I mean, it's taught me that I can, I can do things. I can, you know, like Glennon Doyle says, yeah, yeah. love her. Like I can do hard things. I can make it through this. I can put myself out there. I can make a difference. Yeah. Um, it's really taught me that I can make a difference, that we can all make a difference. And even if it's with one person or three people or, you know, and, and that feels really good. If you had launched it at 30 versus launching it at 50, it would be very, very different. What, what is so great about launching something at 50? What do you feel like you've, become, you've come equipped with by launching at this point in life? So many things. Let me back up and say, at 30, if there, if there would have been Instagram at 30, <laughs> in my late 20s or 30, I probably would have monetized the shit out of that and just yeah. been an influencer on a boat. Yeah. Look at my shirt. <laughs> Look at my shoes because yeah. I'd be like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I've been working my ass off since I was 13 yeah. and I can just do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So honestly, 
Yeah. That's probably what I would have done. It's just, I think, you know, look, you are, or at least you should be getting there or thinking about what you're going to do to get there. You know, unapologetic, Mm -hmm. fearless, wiser, Mm. better, kind, more kind, more authentic, because how can you not be? You've come into your own, you know? So I think I, I mean, I'm so glad none of this was available to me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, 25 years ago or whatever. Um, I, I know I would have handled that differently. And, and because I was not that I wasn't when I started this, but I was so exhausted in my early thirties because I worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. That would have, that would have looked pretty good to be on like a, you know, revolve trip in a, in a. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, um, nothing against those. They look, they look fun. They look fun youngsters, but yeah. So does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I think it's taking the time to go inward to understand what that's, what is, when we talk about self-realization, it's not because you're looking at ideas for your next gig on Instagram or you're reading a book about how she did it. I heard something really interesting one day. A woman said, I kept looking at what other people were doing and I was like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah, I want to, I want to song write. Oh no, I, I want to create a documentary. Oh my gosh, I really want to. She's like, I'm all over the place. And what I realized is what I was actually after was the joy that they were experiencing from their work. And once I was able to understand that, then I could go inside and say, okay, what gives me joy? And when I'm operating from that place, the the ideation and all the things that come with, okay, how am I going to present this to the world will come. But you first have to take the time, I think, to go much deeper than, you know, how do I want to present myself to the world? What product or service do I want to present to the world? That comes later. It's, I think, a little bit deeper. And what do what do I want to give? What do I want to impact? What do I want to change? And what of those things really gives me joy? Back to the attorneys that we were just talking about. Most of them don't say this gives me joy. And the ones that are doing good work, I have two of my best friends. One does immigration law and one does adoption law. And they're so passionate about the work they're doing. And they're like, even the hard stuff I'm willing to do because this is where this is where I should be. This is this is what gives me joy. You in particular, I think embody this idea of showing up authentically and we hear it. It's overused. I feel like we've fabricated authenticity and with reels and stories and all this stuff that's coming at us on Instagram and particularly, I'm like, is this the authentic, authentic you or is this the Instagram authentic you? Yeah. And you've done a really good job of and even in this conversation i'm like oh my gosh this is who i thought she was this is who she has presented herself to be well first of all that's the i actually am getting emotional cuz i is such a huge compliment netta mm-hmm. and that really means that i just cannot tell you what that uh-huh. means to me secondly you'll never see me dancing <laughs> I, I i used to love the song forget me nots yeah. <laughs> now I can't, I can't, everybody knows what I mean. I can't even listen to the song anymore. You'll never see me dancing around Yeah. because that does not feel good. People will be like, what is she doing? I mean, 
No. My teenage kids would kill me if I did. So yeah. Then there's that. My daughters would be like, mom, shut it all down. <laughs> yeah. You've gone, you've got, you need to go away for it. a while. Yeah. You need to go yeah. away for a while. And two, you'll never see me jumping in and out of outfits. Like it's just yeah. not me. And yeah. You know, I have a gal who helps me with my show, social and she's like, this could really get your numbers up if you can do some reels or some dance around. Or I'm like, I'm never, I'm, I'd rather not have my number. Go- I can't do it. Yeah. So for me, and I'm not judging others, even if dancing makes them feel good, I, it doesn't feel good to me. So yeah. that answers your question. Yeah. What should we do or how should we show up authentically? Don't do what everybody else is doing. Find your own thing. And put a stake in the ground and, and do it with integrity. I think where people get lost and where I get, I get on Instagram now, I'm like, oh, my God, it's, everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. Same thing, <laughs> forget me. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's hilarious. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> um, it's funny. My daughter, my 18-year-old daughter, has helped me with social media. And she's like, okay, how are you going to show up in this way and that way? And I was like, I don't know. Cause I, none of this like swipe, swipe, I'm not doing any of this, you know? And what's great is even at 18, she's like, no, why would you do that? That's not who you are. You know, that's here, so good. He, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, oh, good. You got that. You got well, that. You've at done 18. something right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that one fell out of the sky. She's, she's amazing. Um, so we, again, talked about feeling equipped, more equipped to run something at 50 years old or 40 or whatever that midlife is for you. And I, I'm careful about ages because I had my last baby at 40. Midlife for me feels like I'm just now in it. Whereas my baby sister, she's been an empty nester. I have a, I have a 13 year old, you know, I'm, I'm still in the middle of it. And for her, she's been contemplating these things kind of five years earlier so when I say 50, I'm opening that up for listeners to anybody who's feeling that they're in that midlife and sort of struggling with what's next. What has been sort of a difficulty at this age? What's been something that you've had to overcome and maybe a cautionary tale for, for our listeners? Well, first of all, I had a baby at 46. So did. yeah, awesome. I have a yes. Um, so I kind of feel like you do. What was a little difficult at first and I mean for like a blink of an eye, was the criticism that I got and still get for putting yourself out there in a public space. You have mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, and I, it's, it's dwindled now, but you know, it was, I do get them. You make a post and you can't do anything right. You know, that's been the hardest part. That, and, I, and I've let that go now. So yeah. now I don't feel like I have anything in my way. And yeah. I think if you're going to put yourself in a public spot on your mission or whatever you're going to do in life. Just talk yourself out of caring at all what other people think, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's been interesting. One hard time for me was, um, you know, obviously during the election and all that stuff. And then the, and then George Floyd was murdered and Breonna Taylor and all that was going on. I was, God, Netta, I just didn't know my, I just didn't know what to do because I'm sitting there going, and I'm only bringing this up because this was something that was really hard for me. Yeah. But I have 150,000 followers at the time, which isn't small, but it's, you know, it, it's a good size platform. And then I, I'm like, I can't post a style post. Yeah. And I can't talk about vacation. And yeah. 
I care deeply about this. Yeah. It, 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 it was in me. And I realized what a baby I was as far as understanding social and racial justice. And I went back to every book I could read and all that. But anyway, I posted about George Floyd's murder and I lost 7,800 followers overnight. And wow, it was a big eye opener for me. I didn't care. You know, my dad called it the Friday flush. He goes, you should just put something up like that every Friday and call it the Friday flush, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm in this tough spot because I'm thinking, I really want to help women no matter who you are. And especially if you're struggling with, you know, but yeah. that's not my, you know, I, I don't want to say that's not my lane. So that was a really hard struggle for me. And I thought, yeah. how do I show up in all of this? How do I show up in all this? And the most important thing anyone to do is do not say not put a picture of yourself up with your black friends because you know like I can't stand that shit like yeah here's some businesses to like do something so I decided I'm doing stuff behind the scenes right I do I do I do and I've told my girls this I'm sort of going on a tangent here I I told my girls this when they were since they were babies go hold an old person's hand don't tell anybody you did it. Mm. Yeah. It's not what it's about. Yeah. Go read yeah. an old person a poem and hold their hand. No, you did it. No, you did something. But don't, you don't have to talk about yeah, it. You don't need credit for it. It's not for a college application. It's not. <laughs> I've never made a donation with my name on it. I'm just like, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. And know you're doing it. So that's kind of the route I've taken. I know what I'm doing. I know who I am and I feel good about that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do and continue to educate myself on on that. So, um, so long story short, that was hard because I got a lot of hate, 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 hate from a lot of hurting people. And that's what I had to turn, turn it into, you know, like these people, this has nothing to do with me. And I think, I think what's important to take from this it's easy to look at you and your story and they're all going to go to your Instagram, those who don't know you, and they're going to go to your website and your podcast. And they're going to be like, she has a fabulous life. This person is amazing. And it's good to hear that with all of that comes responsibility, comes being able to let go, comes, you know, some people not thinking that you're awesome and that it's not about you in the same way that what you've put together in the first place wasn't about you. It was about empowering other people. Yeah. So it's almost like you're drawn closer to your mission. Yes. When those things happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I have found, and this is part of the reason why I started to niche down myself and say, let's tell female founder stories starting anything but this from this 40 year old plus place so that there's a um a clearinghouse where all these stories are being told how did you sort of niche down without being afraid that you would lose people you just told us one one example and i like your your dad's idea of flush fridays i think you mm-hmm. called it <laughs> yeah were you ever afraid like if i get specific if i say anti anti aging if i get too narrow i'm going to lose people or were you like, no, I'm actually going to be talking to exactly who I want to talk to? That's it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Everything I do is visceral at this point. Yeah. It, and I knew this would resonate. 
I just knew it. I know because I'm speaking my truth, whoever I'm supposed to align with will show up. Yeah. Mm. So many quotables here. So I just, I want to wrap up this part of the conversation and just ask again for listeners who are hearing your story, what do you want to leave them with? What sort of words of wisdom or advice do you want to leave them with? These women who perhaps are considering their possibilities and maybe some that are right in the middle of it and are feeling stuck, not sure how to grow forward, grow forward, not go forward necessarily. Quit looking out, look in. Yeah. Go with your gut every time. Read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. Yeah. Hang around with people who inspire you and are smarter than you and make you better and make you laugh and lift you up and come to communities like yours and mine and women who are no matter what committed to helping and lifting other women. And, um, and you've got this. That's what I would tell them. Just, Uh, you know, you got to face some demons. I've had to. Yeah. And looking in is not always easy, but um, with the right tools around you, uh, you will emerge much better. Okay. So before we let you go, we've got our fast five. Oh, no. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, my God. So really I'm not feeling very fast today. <laughs> we'll see. I'll do my best. What's the number one trait that you think an entrepreneur or a woman with an entrepreneurial spirit, so pursuing whatever she's trying to get started, what do you think she's absolutely got to possess? Grit. Yeah. And then a number one app or hack that you used for business, something maybe to keep yourself organized on a daily basis or. I'm the worst. I am not, um, I'm not in this century when it comes to that because I still keep a paper diary and a paper notebook. And so yeah, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) No, but see, to me, that is sort of a hack because I think there's, um, I've touched on this before and I can't remember where I heard it, but there is something to writing things down that's supposed to ignite creativity, right? Uh, yes. And so it's not just organizing your day. I think it's also giving you some freedom to not be so yeah, transactional. Yeah, so I suppose that is a hack. I get everything yeah. off my brain onto paper with a number two pencil. <laughs> yes. Oh, you really are old school. Do you oh, yeah. Oh, my Yes, God. yes. But it's that. not the one on the wall that cranks. Okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Put the pencil okay, in. Good. Okay, okay, yeah. good. We're switching up this question because I just, I'm so curious about women like us, women like the women I'm going to be interviewing. Are you a morning or a night person? Morning, 100%. Morning, like what, what, like five morning? 4.35, yeah. I go oh to bed gosh. by nine. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, I have a feeling- Morning is have- my everything. I'm sad yeah. when it's over, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. And Although then, I can't, I can be a night owl on occasion. So okay, yes. you've got that in you too. Why do you think a woman should launch something? Should start something that she cares about, is passionate about after forty? I hate the word "should," but I yeah. know I know what you mean. Yeah. I think a woman can, can launch something. So launch something. I mean, yeah. you know, something. you can. Yeah. It's yes because yes. you can. What has launching and growing Goodbye Crop Top done to liberate you? Mm. Well, I think, you know, referring back to what we've already talked about maybe two or three times is that it's gotten me over a lot of fear, Mm -hmm. just moving through things and being very scared when I was doing them. And now I'm past that. Yeah. That's liberating. Yes, it is. 
Yes, it is. And a great fear place. can come, but yes, it's yes. got to be in the backseat and it's got to be quiet. Yeah, I love that. And, and a great place to end this conversation, although I'm sad to end it. This has been awesome, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experience um, with me and with our listeners. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Netta. It was super fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I wish we had a cup of coffee or a glass. I know. Next time. Next time. When you're in LA. Yes, for sure. I'm there a lot. So we got to connect. Yeah. Liberty listeners, thank you guys for taking time to hang out and we will see you next week. Bye. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower.